Hey, sports fans, you're tuned into the Emerald City Fandom Podcast. We're Seattle fans talking Seattle sports. We're your hosts. I'm Connor. I'm Sam. And I'm Justin. You ready to get started? Let's send it! Welcome back to the pod, folks. This is episode 66. And Justin's got two beers tonight. So we know that we're in for some fire. Both Sam and Justin joining me tonight. We're going to be talking football mostly. We might have some time at the end to touch on the end of the Mariners season. Um, But our football teams, we're like right kind of, you know, getting into the heart of football season right now. And it's going better than expected, especially with one of our teams right now. But before we get into any of that, Justin, I teased it. You got yeah. two beers right now, but what are you what are you sipping on though? Uh we're sipping on a nice uh Ho Garden. Uh, I think it's a Belgian brewed beer. It has coriander and orange peel. So there we go. Interesting. The Ho Garden. Well, that's a good one. Probably October not pronouncing Fest special. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Probably not pronouncing that right, but it sounds better this way. Hor so, Garden. I know that I've seen Hogarten. that one. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how you would pronounce it, but I've seen that one around yeah is that the yeah. costco pack no just a six pack i think i got it where'd i get it trader joe's maybe i don't know i don't know something like that sam what are you sipping on i am working on a couple buckskins some coors banquets people know what that is yeah, <laughs> yeah. coors banquet beer our <laughs> listeners probably do honestly that's so. fair <laughs> yeah <laughs> And then I've got myself a little bit of Pendleton whiskey to top it off here at the end to cheers a good riddance to a great season for the Mariners at the end. So mm-hmm. that's my plan. Connor, what are you drinking? Uh, I myself, even though October is quickly winning away from us here, time is flying this year in 2022. Um, I have an Oktoberfest by mm. St. Adams. So, you know. One of my favorite fall beers. I think that the seasonal release type thing. So it's tasty. And then I have a Rainier if I need it, which I probably will. So um, Very nice. Yeah. Can't complain. Seahawks. I did not expect us after week seven to be talking about a first place Seattle Seahawks team in the NFC West. We've been shitting on this team. And we have like, we all have to eat some crow tonight. I think. <laughs> I think I. I think that's why I have two beers. I have two crows. Two crows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be drinking your crows tonight. Um, we were wrong. We were dead ass wrong about this team. And I think the only smart guy in the room right now, he's not even in this room, I guess, but like per se, is Pete Carroll. <laughs> Pete Carroll looks like a fucking genius right now and john He's schneider a, looks like a fucking genius right now football gods first ballot hall of famers justin why don't you give us a summary of what's gone on the last couple of weeks with in, in seahawkville and your yeah. your favorite your favorite team you know this is this is your territory is you gotta be a happy camper right now uh i am happy. i don't know if he is <laughs> no i'm happy i'm shocked more than than anything honestly are you speechless state of disbelief i guess is the most accurate way to describe the situation i mean going into the season i 
I, th- I thought we'd be horrific. One of the worst franchises in the NFL. Geno Smith would be terrible, the whole thing. And after, you know, the first three weeks, I thought, you know, I was right. And then, you know, we go and beat an awful basement dweller Lions team, and then we lose to the Saints. It's like, all right, well, offense is continuing. But last two weeks, to answer your question, Connor, we went 19-9 to against the Cardinals. Super weird game where they are, the Cardinals didn't score an offensive touchdown that came out of fluky Michael Dixon, dumbass fuck punt play. Another one. Another one, by the way. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty uh, And then we went down to LA, the vaunted Oregon Duck, Justin Herbert led Chargers, and absolutely sat down and took a shit on them. And so we find ourselves four and three, first place at four and three in the NFC West. And Geno Smith, the Geno Smith, the Connor predicted one win, Geno Smith, Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> I'll eat my crow. Is probably, correct me if I'm wrong, the third best quarterback in the NFL behind Mahomes and Josh Allen right now. Mm, are, you, are you strictly talking stats, like eye test, like probably more statistically? I mean, I, I mean efficiency-wise, for sure. I mean, He's... I, you, I, well, I didn't give a stat for a reason. I mean, I think you'd rather have on this team right now two other quarterbacks hands down. How have they played this season? Not like their careers yeah. and all that. I mean, Geno Smith has had some holy shit throws. Like, so like even we, lost, thing, we but... lost we lost the game against the Saints, but holy shit, he made some throws yeah. in that. Oh yeah. Uh, well yeah. a lot of the good quarterbacks in the NFL are having terrible years this year, too. It's a weird year. It's not just Russ, you know. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is shit in the bed, Tom Brady's mm-hmm. shit in the bed. Well Russ is Dookie is just a little bit messier. Than oh, it's, oh, it's, oh, it's, 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 it's bigger, it's stinkier, it's runnier, <laughs> sure. but it's all shit, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's I'm still just saying shit. he's not the only one that's like really not living up to expectations right now. One just so... might be a little bit harder to clean up. That's all. <laughs> oh, true. Jalen Hurts is probably like your. Yeah, NFL. yeah that's an argument for sure. But okay. like, I mean, yeah. it's a different kind of quarterback too. You know, he's a different type of player. Pure quarter. I mean, God. Who saw? Who could have seen this coming? I mean, nobody saw this coming. I mean, Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll. Zero. <laughs> besides maybe Geno Smith, who? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got to give him so much credit. He's we have given him so much shit. Not just us on this podcast. This entire town, like he's been like basically a, a an afterthought, laughing stock, as far as like, oh, I guess we're just gonna roll out the backup quarterback out there. Like here goes Geno, and like I think when we beat Denver. People were like, yeah, he had like a couple really good drives and that was good enough to beat Russ. And like, that's that's our Super Bowl, you know. But to follow it up with the performances that he's had and he's he's really continued to like get better as the season's gone on too. I I mean, I couldn't have seen anything remotely close to this coming. And I mean, you're probably, if if you somehow pull off the Atlanta game even at home, you're probably talking about an MVP candidate. Yeah, at the middle middle of the season for sure, he should be in the conversation. Yeah, well, what I'm saying though, like if he if the yeah. Seahawks were like probably closer to like five and two, they could they there's a realistic like scenario they could have been six and one if they had beat the Saints too. Like they were in that game till towards the end as well. I mean, if this team's five and two or six and one, you're talking about a bona fide MVP candidate. 
and Geno Smith. <laughs> there's yeah, there's through seven games. Like it's not we're not we're not small sample size at this point, but it's still not a full season. Like I still I I want to see this continue, but I mean, tip your hat to the guy. This. This is pretty incredible. Like he's he's number one or two in like all efficiency metrics when it comes to quarterback. Yeah. And I think just like the storyline for any of those that aren't familiar with following Gino's whole history, although if you've been watching any of the Seahawks games, I'm sure you're aware of it by now. But he was, you know, more or less a record breaking quarterback at West Virginia his last two years. And, you know, for the majority of his last two years, largely thought to be the best quarterback in college football, likely to be the number one quarterback picked number one selection in the draft. Well, his senior year didn't go as well as his junior year did. And he had like, you know, one of the more famous draft day slides, you know, think of Aaron Rodgers sitting in the green room, sliding into wherever he got picked with the Packers in the twenties or somewhere. Yeah. And did Gino, Gino slid into the second out, round out of the first round. Yeah. yeah. And so like, that's a, a kind of embarrassing thing to and even like just a start lot of, your career. A lot of mocks had him going like top 10, top 15 and stuff too. Right. So yeah. that was, again, that's what was so shocking about it. Like going into his senior year, he was thought to be a lock as number one pick. And then, right. yeah, he was mostly mocked top 10, top 15. So then he starts his rookie season and uh, or yeah, he Jets. starts his, with the Jets, plays two years there, and then basically is a journeyman backup for the next eight or nine years. Yeah. Backed up Eli in New York, backed up in where was he? Oh, he was behind Phillip Rivers with the Chargers. Yep. Yeah. He was and there the was Chargers. one other stop that I just don't remember. I thought, I think it's just there Giants, Chargers, Giants, Chargers, and us. Yeah. Okay. Either way, I mean, he's been in take, Seattle for a little while now. So, yeah, the 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 thing that's crazy is like you go through all that fanfare. You, you don't get drafted as high as you'd like. You don't pan out with the Jets as a rookie. I mean, in a they did win eight games. The Jets won eight games his rookie year, which is pretty darn good considering it's the Jets. But his second year, he was god awful and like mm-hmm. put a stigma on his name in the NFL for a long time. And just to go through being a career backup and you get this one last glimmer of hope opportunity towards the end of your career. And it's just a wild story to see him playing this well. And it's uh, a great story, though. It's written for Hollywood. Yeah. Borderline. Let's see how the rest of the season goes. But like, yeah. Championship. (laughs) I mean, anything's possible, right? Um, we should continue on this, on this Gino topic a little bit. And I want to delve into this just a little bit deeper. Justin, does this like, I mean, we've been talking about this season as like, the, no matter who starts this is a bridge quarterback season, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is mm-hmm. it's, it's Gino or drew lock, maybe drew mm-hmm. lock. Like they're thinking is kind of the future guy or something for them. But the way that Gino is playing, obviously drew lock ain't sniffing the field at this point. No. Um, no. And we all, we all predicted that drew lock was going to play at some point this year at the only way that that happens if, is if Gino gets injured, which I will knock on wood right now. Hopefully that doesn't happen. I can't believe that I'm saying, I hope that Gino Smith doesn't get injured. Um, 
does this change like and and then obviously I, we would somewhat tank or have a top five ten pick going into next year and get one of the studs going into into next year at, at quarterback Gino's playing his ass off does this change the conversation of where you go at quarterback for this franchise and in, in like the you know Pete Carroll years which is through 2025 I think is his contract currently which I mean he's got to be pretty close to hanging it up at that point I would think I think this is kind of his last run we'll see I, uh, I mean it wouldn't surprise me at this point if he goes to 2030 how much like just ego juice he's just oh yeah drank from this season he's... alone I feel like he's just like got a booster <laughs> he's 10 years he's younger 10 now, years younger that. honestly yeah he's Benjamin just... buttoning this shit with with you know after play. this season it makes you reevaluate like the whole game and you know yeah. what you know and what you don't right i mean everyone in the world is wrong about geno smith and the seattle seahawks this season everyone right mm-hmm. seven games in doesn't like i'm not ready to mortgage our future and say yeah. hey you know pass up on a i don't know a bryce young or a CJ Stroud, if we were that low, or if Denver's picks that low, <laughs> that's what's more likely. Yeah, <laughs> on one of those two QBs, and say like, hey, you know, we're good with Geno. Let's get Will Anderson or Edge Rusher, that sort of thing. Like, I'm not ready. I'm not there yet, and I don't think mm-hmm. I will be there. But it's in the conversation, which is absolutely batshit crazy. I'll tell you what I would do. I I definitely agree with what you're saying. But what I would do is I would be extending Gino right now Mm. like because I still think you can play the cards that you know hey you haven't proven it through a full season like what I don't want to do is I hitch my wagon to Gino in a awful contract you know multiple multiple years you know 20 plus million dollars a year is not what I'm looking for but if you could find a way yeah. To extend him for two years, $15 million a year, two-year, $30, $35 million contract. I that, yep. I think that gives Gino some guaranteed job security. And it also gives him an opportunity that if he plays well for another year, that he can come with a lot of negotiating leverage or hit the market again. Right. But it also gives Seattle the opportunity to secure a what you so you don't really lose if you're the Hawks in that situation. Like it's you're if you're gonna go draft a rookie quarterback, if that's still part of the plan, say Geno shits the bed the second half of the season, we go draft a rookie quarterback. Yeah, you have a two year fifteen million dollar dead weight cap space in your backup, but your backup's good. Like Geno's not Geno's gonna be a really good backup anywhere, even if he tanks. But in that situation, you're paying rookie deal for your other quarterbacks. Like it's not a bad place to yeah. be. Sure. What is a bad place to be is if Gino keeps playing the way that he does, which mm-hmm. we all at this point have no reason to doubt that he won't. Well, maybe if DK is not healthy, we'll get to that. <laughs> but like yeah. what's bad for the Hawks is if Gino keeps playing at this MVP top five quarterback in the league level gets to the end of the year and he's like yeah i'm gonna get paid because that's yeah no if you're gonna extend you know you, you can't wait till in. the end of the year yeah you can't wait yeah. till the end of the year if you want to extend you know and i feel and like yeah. we have a week or two in this like sweet spot of the midseason to like get an extension done that's a little bit of a win-win but if we let this go if... much longer 
I don't think that's going to be on the table. Yeah, I don't know if it's quite that much of a rush, but like you probably don't want to go past, you know, week 12 or 13 without extending him. If you uh, it, and to be clear, Sam, that he's this is a one year deal that he's on. Right. So, yeah. like we don't have him under contract for next year. So if right. you want Gino to be in the fold for next year or possibly even the year after that, um, then you got to resign him. And yeah, I think like Sam said earlier, the better probably as far as price. And like, again, if, if, if you do that price that Sam talked about two years, $15 million a year, not, I mean, that's that's very middle to low end starting quarterback money. That, I don't even think he would take it right now. To be, honest. I don't, I don't think he's <laughs> taking a deal like that. He might. I don't know. I'm, I, I mean, I'm not sure. They, like, do you think there's a middle ground there? Like, where, at, how high would you go on a two year contract with for the Seahawks side? And how the other option you is you can franchise him. I mean, you're paying a shit ton next year if you franchise him. Nah. Cool, you can't but... franchise him, right? That's going to be 50 mil, isn't it? Highest paid? Uh, close to it. Probably 40. And it's like top, it's the average of the top five or something, I think. So yeah, it'd be like 40, 45. No, there's no way they're doing that. I mean, I'd rather pay him 45. Than I Russ. think Gino would take a two year 45 million deal. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, I mean, Right the second? Oh, yeah. 45 yeah. mil for two years for sure. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know, but I don't know. I don't think the Seahawks would give that right now. Yeah. Not yet. No. So. Like, what do you think that cutoff it's, it's is? It's an interesting that, conversation. That annual, annual pay per year, like, where the Seahawks feel like, okay, we can get some security in terms of years without, like, really hampering what we can do with cap space. Is it 15 yeah. mil a year? Is it 20 mil a year? At this point, I wouldn't want to go above 15. But I just I probably I wouldn't go above 20. I, I agree I'm, with that. I would go like 18, 19, and I would feel like okay about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think either way, though, like Justin was saying, I think you draft a quarterback no matter what in this yeah. next draft. It's just you where you're to. drafting it. It's just where you're drafting it, right? Are you actually are you going to be in a position for one of those top guys, or are you going to try to pick a sleeper guy in the second or third round and try to hit gold <laughs> on another Russell Wilson? You know, who knows? Yeah. But I, I think they'll probably take. I think Pete Carroll's preferred path is that they draft a quarterback and they ride Geno for another year or two. And have the 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 rookie sit for a year or two, which means like you're not drafting a top five QB because <laughs> you start that guy if that's the case for more often than not, you know. Um, it's an interesting and fascinating conversation though, and one that we're for sure gonna have, you know, the, oh, as, yeah. as the rest of the season unfolds, and those numbers are gonna keep creep, creeping up if he keeps playing the way that he is. So, I don't know who. Who moves? Who flinches first on, on that on that aspect? I, Gino's got to be feeling pretty good right now, you know, about his situation. Most likely, before we move on, the most likely outcome in my mind is nothing happens and it goes to the open market. Yeah, and you I think I, that's I, the most likely. I do. I mean, there's no evidence based on that. I just feel like, yeah. To your point, I don't feel like the Hawks would go over 15 right now. I don't think Gino would take anything less than 20, and so that I think there's going to be a 
big five million dollar gap, which is Schneider tends to be a pretty tough negotiator with this with these things, but they tend to they tend to get stuff done with their guys. It's just do they think that you know Gino is one of their guys for the next couple years? And I think you have to get into the psychology of Gino too. Like, yeah, they wrote me off, but I ain't right back. I don't like, know who his agent is and stuff too. I mean, I don't like, know. Gino has. He doesn't have Mark Rogers. Felt... That's for sure. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Maybe he'll make Team Seven. I don't know. <laughs> hey, I mean, Mark Rogers. Say what you want, but he might be one of the best agents in the business right now. To yeah, get the con. I from mean, a financial perspective. From, yeah, that's sure. what I'm talking but about. He might yeah. be ruining Russell's legacy. Well, but, got paid. Um, but anyways, my point there was like. If I'm Gino, or if I'm trying to get in the head of Gino, you're probably sitting there thinking, like, I could have been doing this the past eight years, getting max contracts. I would have to think that he's, like, willing to bet on himself for a few more weeks. And Gino and try to get is, the big payday. And this is a guy that hasn't made more than $2 million in one year. Yeah. And what was his rookie like, deal? Uh, four-year, five million dollar contract. Yeah, because so. he was after the rookie contract got totally nerfed. So we're talking like 15, 20. This guy's never made more than two in a season. Yeah. Oh, right. maybe, maybe this season. Uh, but uh, I mean, yeah. if he keeps playing this way, a team's gonna pay him forty mil a year, thirty-five. I'm trying to think what team would give him 40. I mean, there's probably maybe not 40. I kind of caught yeah. myself yeah. when I yeah, said yeah, that. Yeah. I was like, that's kind of crazy number. But <laughs> yeah. like a team, I, I'm I sure could see a team. I could see a team going 30 plus. Like, and I really hope that's not I mean, there's a lot of bad quarterback play out there. That's like his so. yeah. more than his career earnings in one year. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. After 30. I think he's yeah. gonna if you're Gino, you gotta take the risk. He's riding. He's let's ride. Nope. Play it we don't out. want any. Nope. Nope. No, not that either. We don't want none of that. Depends we if want... he wants to play hardball. You know, I mean, it, maybe he really likes his situation too. And he's willing to work with the team. I, don't, I have no idea. You know, I mean, he seems to like Seattle. And he seems to like the guys that he plays with. Shane, Wal- uh, Shane Waldron, a guy that we really haven't talked that much about this year on this podcast. Yeah. He's... <laughs> He's doing a good job too, <laughs> you know. Um, I mean, Gino's out there executing, but Shane Walters is putting him some pretty advantage- advantageous spots. So, oh, I think it's the first year that we're able to really see the Waldron offense. Yeah, it, this is another conversation. I don't think we should go deep into this, but I mean, I think <laughs> this <time>. shows. <laughs> I think this shows how difficult it is to build an offense around Russell Wilson and how he currently plays. <laughs> Yeah. Justin, do you have why any comments so on that? Or... <laughs> yeah, because this is usually where you, you know, I was waiting for you to chime like, in. You know, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I'm. I don't. Know. I think we're all in disbelief at how bad Russ is. Like, like I, I don't think any shocking. of us saw. I, I think as, have... as 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 shocked as we are with Gino's excel, like like amazing play, we're equally shocked at how poorly i mean those those guys are on absolute opposite like courses of their career (laughs) right now which is just yeah 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 um i don't know 
I don't know what to say. I mean, Russell's been terrible, right? Like, yeah, not reading the field. He looks like he's seeing ghosts sometimes. That O line mm-hmm. is not better than the Seahawks O line, by the way. No, uh, no. We'll get, we'll get to them in a second. We're about right? to get to yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah, not good. Uh, another part I think that also compounds Russell's failures is that Nathaniel Hackett looks absolutely over his skis. Oh, for sure. In Denver. Yeah. And so I will if- say. I feel like I've been on this one since day one, the Hackett train, at least mm-hmm. like you don't. And it's the you same have. thing. Or It hasn't been playing out the way that I want it to at Oregon. But I remember I correlated the coaching hires at both places. Like you did. You, you can't crown Hackett and Russ to be like a perfect marriage when Hackett's supposed to be this offensive genius. Who's the offensive coordinator for an offensive minded play calling head coach in Lafleur with a generational Hall of Fame quarterback and Aaron Rodgers. I would look like an offensive genius wearing a headset on the sideline. Yeah, I mean, history's not kind to the losers, right? And Matt LaFleur no. looks like he's been anointed too early, too, to be a good yes. coach when you have Aaron yep. Rodgers. And so you have the trickle-down effect of Matt LaFleur might be <laughs> – he might be found out a little bit. And then you have his offensive coordinator that wasn't even <laughs> calling the plays go down to Denver – and he looks like he doesn't even know he got like this in-game specialist to help with the play clock and in-game decisions. And yeah, it's, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare in Denver. And so honestly, guys, it would not shock me if Denver loses to Jacksonville, which I would bet on in London this weekend and they go two and six, they can him. That would not shock me at all. They're, and they're going to be set, sellers at the deadline at that point. Like they're, they're talking about oh, yeah. getting rid of like, Jerry Judy. They're talking about getting, getting rid of KJ Hamler, Bradley Chubb. <laughs> I mean, you see all of the social media posts of like John Snyder calling up, calling up the Broncos. Like, hey, let's talk about <laughs> tra- Bradley train Chubb. For their, <laughs> train for their good players. I'll uh, trade you Drew Locke in his seventh rounder for Bradley Oh my god. Oh my god. They're not well, even gonna pick up the phone. Let's fleece him twice. <laughs> to make sure we don't talk too much about Russell Wilson, I do want to talk about the rookie draft class for a second. And I don't want to yeah. take all the thunder, but no, you know, another crow. I think I need to have five beers on this episode, but you know, I'm for it. Charles Cross <laughs> and Abe Lucas, guys. I mean, we were sitting there doing our live YouTube draft, and we're like, all right, we want Evan Neal. We want um help me. There was another offensive tackle. Really... Yeah. Carolina. They were like, hey, we want these guys before Charles Cross. We're unsure because he was at Mississippi State, past happy offense, et cetera, et cetera. These guys are killing it. And not only are they killing it for just being rookies, I think they're rated like PFF around the 25 to 30th percentile for offensive tackles in the league, including every offensive tackle. Um, they've been incredible. And not only pass blocking and giving Gino time, he's also using and stepping up into the pocket. I know, what is that? And finding space. But also, yeah. we're using them because they're so good in great run blocking schemes with our 13 personnel, with our tight ends to make holes for now Kenneth Walker. They've really impressed me. And it's a big, big reason why we found success this season. Yeah. I will eat crow on that because I was definitely the one leading the charge on like Charles to Cross, Mike least, Leach yeah. to Mike Leach offensive lineman. I you know I felt that they would be really good in a in pass protection, but knowing that we were going to go down this direction at the time, what we thought would be you know more of a run first offense, which we're definitely running the ball, but like I thought balanced. we were going to be really really running the ball, so I was nervous yeah. about them. Holy shit, 
they've been studs. And then talk about I'll I think Justin, you need to eat some crow on on this next guy big time. Kenneth Walker. Oh, I think I shouldn't have to eat any crow. What are you talking about? You I never said he I, about him being I said he would be the best rounder. rookie that we drafted. I yeah, just his, his whole qual no, to be fair, well, he threw a fit because of the the spot and the position. Like I would okay. never draft a running back still, even if still, he's sick you one Barkley. No. And it's because of what just happened to Rashad Penny. Hmm. Running backs, they get hit, they get tackled 30 times a game. Like good you one. can find good, so many good ones run- don't. <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't know about that, but sure. I mean, let's just say that we're all happy that he's on the team. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he, I, right. I thought he'd be the best rookie that we drafted. And yeah. I mean, you saw that with his speed on that 70 year. Is he better than you thought he might be though? No. I, th- I mean, I predicted him to lead all the stats for a reason. I didn't, I mean, you can always bank on a penny. Did you see 168 for... yards? <laughs> oh, no, like, I didn't see the Seahawks got... gaining 168 yards on offense. He's like so. leading the league in explosive rushes in like two and a half weeks of play. <laughs> it's No, like, I mean, I didn't what? think our offensive line would be this good for him to yeah, run so that's well. Fair. Yeah. So, yeah, Dave Lucas mean, has probably been better than Charles Cross, too. He's, I mean, I mean he's, he's value pick number one, probably. Right there. Yeah. 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 Well, I don't know. Well, I mean, well, I owe you. Well, that's you, Connor. Offense. I mean, we've I'll talked. Just say, so, I'll just yeah. say this before you go into it. I'll tee it up for you, Connor. But first, I'll apologize to Justin. I guess now I'm recollecting in my mind you didn't mm. say that Walker mm-hmm. would be really good. You just didn't like the fact that we picked him in the second round. Thank you. Yeah. I know so you like to jump down can, my throat a little bit. So, well, thank I'm you. just trying to cram one more crow down yours than mine. So, sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> but yeah, talking about Kenneth Walker, I mean, right now, if he continues playing this way, you're looking at a potential offensive rookie of the year candidate. Mm-hmm. Connor. Could the Seahawks have rookie of the year on both sides of the ball? It's uh, very realistic at this point. You know, in fact, I think Walker is leading the like predicted offensive rookie of the of the Who year. Who else is like, even in contention right now? I I didn't even look at that because I just saw his name. <laughs> I was like, oh, don't need to read down that list. Um. For offense, yeah, I, don't I mean, Brees Hall would have been there, and then he got yeah, injured. Yeah, he would have. Yeah. Um, Let me see. I'm looking at it now. There's another running back, isn't there? That's uh, Damian Pierce. Well. If he keeps doing yeah. well, um, at Iowa State. Chris no, Olave, Texans. Olave. I mean, Drake London had a period, but he hasn't been doing as well lately. Yeah, Brian Robinson Jr. Yeah, he, I mean, he hasn't shown much yet. Bailey Zappi. No. <laughs> Not after last night, I don't think. <laughs> no. So yeah, Kenneth Walker's yeah. He's but on the defensive side, yeah. If you're talking about our value pick, mm. fifth another fifth round corner by the name of Tariq Wolin, who Hugh Millen called the worst athlete, yeah. worst football player. Sorry, not athlete. He said he was an athlete. Worst football player he's ever seen ever. And I still <laughs> don't know if he really like understands half the stuff that he's doing out there half the time. But this dude is like athlete 10.0. He's about as sparked up as you can get when it comes to an athlete on the football field. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So um, he's got, what, 4-2 speed and 
like super long arms and everything too. He's super twitchy. I mean, he like you can't even throw a go ball past this guy, even if he's beat five yards off the line of scrimmage, because he can still catch up at that point. Um, but anyway, <laughs> he's amazing. And he's he had a pick in what four straight games or something like that. Um, fumble recoveries. He's had fumble mm-hmm. recoveries. He and he and uh Kobe Bryant have been like great installs on this defense as far as just like playmakers right we've been missing that from this defense especially in the secondary i mean you can't say enough about this draft class like the at this point i mean 2012 was thought to be the the best draft class from from pete carroll and john Mm -hmm. schneider right Mm -hmm. like i mean you get a third round quarterback and russell wilson a second round linebacker and Bobby Wagner, both of them thought to be Hall of Famers. Um, you add to that like a Bruce Servin, who was is back on the team, by the way. Yeah. Um yeah. And, and I honestly looked okay out there um this last week against the Chargers. Um, and then yeah, it, what we had Luke Wilson, I think, was in that draft. Um wasn't Sherman a couple in other that guys. draft or was he the he year was no, year Sherman was 2011. Yeah. yeah. 2011 actually, Which actually is a good better. draft. Because yeah. that you have what KJ Wright. KJ Wright, uh, Sherm, Sherm, uh, Cam. Chancellor. Cam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doug Baldwin undrafted. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's not that's not. I mean, yeah, I know, but yeah, I know that's but... a good signing. Um, I think this one heads it out of the park though. Twenty twenty two. Like, I mean, this is early returns, early early returns here, and I'm I might put my foot in my mouth, you know by the end of this season but yeah this looks really promising and and like the the like the the positions that you're getting value from too i mean you got two bookend tackles an elite corner a nickel corner a stud running back who i mean i know even if we overdrafted him that's still valuable a pass rusher who's, you know, shown some promise in some instances. He's probably the most disappointing of, like, the top picks. But Boye Mafe has been all right. Still looks yeah. better than Collier. Yeah. Um, better I mean, than McDowell. Have they uh, made up for the past, you know, eight drafts that they've kind of clunked, clunked with? or Made well, I up mean, for? Made up for, maybe no. not. But no. I guess put it another way. We talked about Gino a lot. Now we've talked about this draft class a lot. What's the bigger reason why the Seahawks are winning right now? Well, it's Pete and John. 100%. Okay, but like of the two options, though, like like the, the are you saying? So you're saying the draft class, or I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, is it is it more the draft class that you that like the impact that you're getting from this draft class, or is it more Geno Smith's play that is leading oh, to the Seahawks' success? Yeah, if you have to limit it to just those two. It's hard for me to say. I, mean, I think those are the two biggest reasons why the Seahawks are su- succeeding. Well, I think under the biggest reason, which obviously decides the two that you're talking about, is Pete and John have like totally hit the fountain of youth and and like hit the repeat button. It looks like in terms of making a good call with the quarterback and contract decisions with Russ and Geno, yeah, money well spent or money. Well, not spent, I guess. And yeah. then the draft class is definitely the best draft class that we've had since 2012. And so you are sitting here looking like maybe this is 
it's hard not to draw the comparisons that it feels very similar it's in different ways but the vibe is feels very similar to like 2011 2012 seahawks yeah and so i think the biggest reason that we're having this turnaround is because pete and john have just seemingly like got the answers to the test before the test like the geno smith thing was insane everybody else gets that test question wrong (laughs) pete and john (laughs) got it right they drafted really really well um but i think like if I had to give an edge, I'd give an edge to the draft class. I think having the offensive line, if the offensive line wasn't better with the two bookend tackles that we got and Gino was under more pressure, I don't think you're seeing the same Gino that you're seeing right now. Sure. And I think defensively, you're starting to see the young guys kind of settle in and get their feet on the ground a little bit more. So I'd probably lean towards the draft class, but really my hat goes off to Pete and John, both for drafting them but also just like getting this team believing in themselves again which is crazy considering all the drama and shit that we've been through the last three years sure justin did you have a different take or similar it's all similar i mean i think i agree with sam for the most part yeah i I don't want to don't want to you know no that's fine i just i i didn't know if you if you had a different take on that justin just can't bring himself to give pete carroll credit no, here's the deal. I mean, you saw, obviously, there was a sequence in the game where we were up 24-14. There was a penalty called on us. It was third and 10. You know, Gino's kind of freaking out. Pete's freaking out. But he tells Gino to, like, calm down, right? And that Gino goes sequence out there was amazing. And he throws a laser to lock it, I believe, and then gets the yeah. first down. And, you saw Gino after that? Oh, he's all hyped, you know. He was he going was crazy. He was mother effing. Fucking yeah. Chargers feeling himself by. towards the Chargers <laughs> sideline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he was feeling himself and that was a great coaching moment sequence. Look like, you know, yeah. it's not a secret. I think Pete should have been right out of town four years ago. Right. Um, with the team hey. that we had. I don't know. You're looking pretty good. Obviously we're looking okay, but let's not get four years four, later. We're four, four and later. three. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, Oh, here we go. Here's a Justin. We know you're okay, acting Justin. like we were winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> we're doing well. He's done. We might. Yeah. <laughs> NFC is wide open, baby. We're oh going to be God. in the playoffs, it looks like. <laughs> I would not bet on that. But, yeah, it's uh, it's, it's been a great season, no doubt. Way, way, way it's, above expectation. It's been very well, It's fun. just been way more entertaining, too. Well, we prefaced this whole season. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, we're going to be talking a lot of Huskies. Oh, we've... The Seahawks are going to be absolute dog shit. And here we are leading yeah. off. That's kind of my doing. Leading off with the Seahawks. Yeah. I mean. The, the, this is the, like probably 10 times more than I thought we would talk Seahawks mm-hmm. on this podcast this year mm-hmm. right now. And, and equally it's just because they're entertaining this year too. Right. It's just, it's, they're fun to watch on Sundays, mm-hmm. which I did not foresee coming. Justin, I, I have a follow-up question. You were very, very critical of Pete Carroll and the defense, you know, after the yeah, lions game, absolutely. after the saints game, Mm-hmm. We've seen a little bit of a mini turnaround the last couple of weeks. True. Is this is this defense fixed? Have like have you seen some some things that are different that you think could be sustainable or do you think that this is just kind of a flash in the pan and they'll kind of revert back to their ways or that a different team could game plan something else against them and expose them in a different way? Um 
So let me answer your question. I think it is not as bad as it was earlier in the season. I think he's made enough tweaks where it's, we're not going to be bad. I don't yeah. think it's as good as we've shown in the Cardinals game or maybe even the Chargers sure. game. I, I think the Cardinals aren't. I think that's a. <laughs> I think that was kind of a weird game. They were. They actually had more yards than the Seahawks that game, but it was a weird. They got stopped on fourth down. It was. It was that's kind of a weird. You know, Kyler Murray's like cussing out the coach. The whole thing is like really weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was interesting. <laughs> So, I don't know, but we are better, and here's why: because Cody Barton was playing a lot, a lot, a lot, mm. and he's like absolute dog shit. Yep. Right. And so, by then, far their weakest link. Yeah. So if we play more of a mm, big dime, for lack of yep. a better word, where we yep. have three corners and three safeties, but Ryan Neal comes in and acts almost as a pseudo linebacker, that makes Who us a lot it? more. A hell of a game against the Chargers. Yeah, and he was sick as a dog. He had to get an IV in before the game. I didn't know that. Yeah. Unreal, unreal Damn. performance. Yeah, so the flu game for him, but yeah, I mean, I think that is where I'm saying it could be sustainable, um, and be a lot more athletic and fast and nimble on the ball. I think there's a little, you know, I think there are quarterbacks coming up and offenses that can scheme against us a little bit for sure. Um, you know, we've seen Tariq yeah. Wollin do well. We've seen. Kobe Bryant go have up and downs. I mean, he has four forced fumbles this season. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, but they've also been exposed a little bit. So I sure. I don't think it's as good as three points and like 21 points as the Chargers, but it's not as bad. So it'll be it'll be like low, but little slightly below average NFL defense, I would say. Is that good enough with the offense? I mean, it's way better than it was earlier in the season. I would take it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sam, do you think the defense is fixed? Um, I I feel like fixed implies that it's like an above average defense. Right. Well, sure. that's where I was struggling. Yeah. Yeah. So like fixed, I would say no. Like not it's not all peaches and cream, but it's like a serviceable defense, it feels like. Yeah. I think um, I think they have a playmaker at each level now that um yeah, because you got. I don't, I don't love our linebacker situation. I have to be honest with you. Like, I yeah, Jordan Brooks has been like. pretty. Yeah, he's been pretty. I guess, like, I'm kind of counting Kobe Bryant like in that mold, mm. just because he plays more in that level than he yeah. does in the actual secondary. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Quandre is starting to play a little bit better too. You're seeing him. Started off the season guys. Yeah. Uchenna Nuoso has been a really That's good who signing. I was just going to say. Mm-hmm. Nuoso has been a surprise. Yeah, he's played really, really well. Al Woods has played his ass he's off, been, too. Yeah. Interior. So, I mean, you can spotlight some players here. And if they kind of start to put it together, you know, I mean, we've, we've seen defensive turnarounds on this team before. So, who's not to say that we're not seeing another one here? And it, what Pete said, the biggest d- difference that they've had over the past couple of weeks of they just they've simplified, especially across the line and they're not reading and reacting anymore. And they're just they're It's more instinctual at this point. And they're just shooting a gap and and attacking that gap. So um, I think it's just simplifying and guys aren't, you know, reading and reacting and thinking too much on defense, which I think would help out the Huskies a lot too on defense to be quite frank but we'll get to them in a little bit um yeah looking at the remainder answer, of the schedule yeah i was no, gonna go answer your second part of that question really quick too sure. is around like are, is the defense good enough 
Mm-hmm. And I think this can lead into looking at the remainder of the schedule as well. Is yeah. I think if our offense stays healthy, <clears throat> DK yeah. Metcalf. Yeah. <clears throat> That's the elephant. I think if right our now. offense stays healthy, I think the defense is good enough to make this a playoff team based on what I've seen the last two weeks. Yeah. But you've already lost Penny. The DK situation did not look good. Sounds like it's not anything that's requiring surgery, but right. it also sounds like we haven't really got a solid timetable for his return. Yeah. Good one stepped up in the game, but I do not feel yeah. good with him being your relied upon number two receiver. Sure. And I think and Lockett's Lockett banged is, up too. Mm-hmm. Lockett's banged up, and Lockett to me is like Sam hates Tyler Lockett, by the way. Let's yeah, put does. that out in the open. <laughs> absolutely I'm, hates here's Tyler the deal. Lockett. Tyler Lockett was one of my favorite players coming out of college of all time. Like when we drafted so him funny. out of Kansas State, I was so pumped because he's such a good football player in all phases of the game. Recently, with him being this little, you know, Premier League field fairy <laughs> and flopping all over the place, I don't appreciate it. He's a damn good yeah. wide receiver. He is, you know, Whatever his idea is around CT or career longevity, whatever it is, he's clearly got an agenda to protect himself from taking unnecessary hits or hits at all in general. And it does grind my gears a little bit. But what's important, he gets open and he catches a damn ball. Mm -hmm. I think without DK on the other side, he becomes a lot less productive. And so that that scares me if we're talking about like, Going to for be the rest fair, of the season. He looked all right for two and a half quarters against the Chargers. I don't think that defense is really that great this year, but I mean, we were without DK for. Hurt. Yeah. I mean, JC Jackson's been bad this year. Bad, though, too. though. Yeah. Yeah. The Chargers defense. I, I think Chargers are kind of frauds, to be honest. But yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, you, so, you, you were predicting them to put 50 up against us. Well, like, I was wrong. They're the fraud. That's the point. Yeah. 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 You know, <laughs> like, hmm. sorry, Sam. We interrupted you. No, that's fine. I was more just saying, like, I think the defense is going to be good enough, and I think the defense is going to continue to get better. Like, we've seen Pete Carroll-led teams historically get better as the season goes on defensively. And I would say just the NFL teams in general get better defensively as the season goes on. You have more tape on opposing offenses and whatnot. And I think if I'm really looking at the remaining schedule, that's what I'm looking at this team is like, can we sustain the offensive success that we've had that Mm -hmm. keeps us scoring 30 plus points a game and winning more than losing. And I think if we stay healthy, particularly at the skill position, really Kenneth Walker and hopefully DK can come back. I feel really good about it. If Kenneth Walker is banged up and DK is banged up, that's a bad spot. And I just, we don't have a lot of depth at the skill possession positions. Right. Yeah, I'm hoping I mean obviously I hope that that DK's hope is back sooner rather than later. Um it, it, I Pete seemed to be I mean generally optimistic about it. I mean he's tends to be pretty optimistic yeah. about a lot of injuries and we've seen him say this about certain players that are, you know, out then for 6 7 8 weeks. Um so it's it's a patellar tendon injury but it's not really specified what exactly it is. Um, I think it'd be 
you'd be pretty hard pressed to see him suit up this week um, against against the Giants. And I would say it's you're probably looking at him coming back after the bye is my guess. I don't know if they want him. You got Giants at home, then you're at the Cardinals, and then you're at the Bucks in in uh, Munich, and then you have the bye week after that. So you'd be back home against the Raiders after that. I feel like that'd be like maybe a realistic scenario. It's about a month from now that you could expect him back, but maybe it's not as bad as I, I think, or maybe it's worse. I I mean, he got carted Uh, off the field, so. Yeah, but he was also saying like, I'm fine. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think they were being pretty precautionary at that point. They ruled him out really quick. I will say. But I mean, x-rays are negative. It doesn't sound like there's really any like major ligament damage. We just don't know what this injury is. They're not they're being pretty tight lipped about it. So anyway, though, the the biggest way that they can still have this offense perform well is utilizing the three tight ends that they have because they've found something in that. And I think obviously having more weapons on the outside will open up areas for for the tight ends to work. But there's some cool formations that Shane Waldron has drawn up, and he's done a really good job of getting the ball in the hands of Parkinson and Disley. Noah Fant, to a lesser degree, he's probably been one of the more disappointing players, I would say, this year. Um but you know that he's got talent, and if if they can find something in him too, I mean, those are three pretty quality tight ends that you can you can utilize in this offense as well. And Gino's getting them the ball, and he can actually see them over the middle of the field. So um, that part of your offense is 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 uh, you know can happen. You get a whole third of your field to work with now. That's nice. yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Who would have known that that would help yeah. a lot? No kidding. But I'm glad you brought up the tight ends because that was the one bone I was for sure going to throw. It was Colby Parkinson. When I was watching the game, his run blocking is intense. Like there, we ran the same play twice going to opposite sides of the field with mm-hmm. Kenneth Walker on these like off tackle runs. And Disley is lined up on the right side to the run side. And Parkinson is on the other side of the field and they kind of bring him, pull him across in front of Walker. And both times Disley is like kicking out the edge defender. Parkinson just wrecks the guy like Mm -hmm. double teams and just wrecks the guy that Disley's blocking. And he shows a level of athleticism to be able to like pancake somebody like that, then change directions and go get a second person before Walker's on him. Like he did that twice and being able to like see him have that level of physicality, but to be able to move that quickly and get to the second level and find a second blocker to latch onto. He's, he was a big reason why Walker was able to spring a couple of those long runs outside. And that was just something that flashed to me that like, you know, we always heard about Parkinson as the receiving threat being so tall and runs really well, but, his blocking jumped out at me in this game in particular. And I was like, damn, that's really good to see. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, let's look at the remainder of this schedule real quick and just kind of, you know, predict where we think the rest of this, this, (laughs) this season's going to go a little bit. Um, You got 
Giants at home, then you're at the Cardinals, who you've already beat. You're at the Bucks, who seem like kind of meltdown mode. Not over great. There. Yeah. <laughs> Headed Tom towards Brady's... a divorce, figuratively and literally, maybe. Yeah Tom, <laughs> yeah. Tom Brady's talking about how he didn't leave his kids and wife to get hit and stuff. And yeah. Um, Raiders at home, who are not great and probably will be without Devontae Adams at that point. Uh, at Rams, who look bad panthers at home who are who are bad 49ers at home who are probably your biggest competition in this division right now at this point um just made a big trade for a running back yeah ask Uh, me what i think about that trade christian mccaffrey (laughs) they gave up a lot um for a running back like more than the seahawks (laughs) that has a proven injury history Yep. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. At the Chiefs, that's going to be tough. That's a loss. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chalk it up. Jet, jet, Jets at home who have been better, like the Giants, who have been better than you would have predicted. And they had a really good draft as well. Um, the Jets did. So Sauce that Gardner could, is legit. Yeah. Yeah. That could be a sneaky, tough game too towards the end of the season. We'll see how they look towards the end of the season. That might just be like dependent on health of both teams. And then you end the season with the Rams at home. You you heard me say that like there's some pretty winnable games in there. And like I think that we're Let's all on revision it. history at this point. So four and Giants. three is where we're at right now. Oh, yeah. you just want to go down? Yeah, as far as Giants, like win, win or loss. loss. Go around the horn. Boom. At home, I think we win. Yeah, I think it's a close win. That's a I think it's gonna be tough game. The Giants yeah, are definitely tough. overrated. They've been the most lucky team by all metrics. Yeah. Um, we got to stop Saquon though. I, I think, think it's because it's at home, we, we win. And we Daniel Jones, Saquon. and he runs a lot too. Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Brian yeah. Dayball is a good offensive. Coach, if we contain so. their running game, I think we'll be all right. Mm-hmm. All right. So there's a win. Five and three at Cardinals. I think that's meltdown mode down there. I that weird stuff happens in that stadium. We usually win there though. So I don't know. I'll call it a win. I'm gonna say a win. I think it's a win. I think they're I think they're in a bad place with Kyler and yeah. Cliff. So six and three. Going to Germany to play the Bucks. Maybe they're playing gonna, better I'm by gonna, then. I'm gonna say but... a loss. I can't yeah. I can't imagine we're gonna go three and zero through those games. I also can't imagine that we're going to fly that far and play well. Like we go three time zones over and yeah. we shit the bed most of the time. We're going nine time We've zones over. We played well against the Raiders <laughs> in London two years ago, three years yeah, ago. Three, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I think it was yeah. 2019. Yeah. 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 I think yeah a probably lost. I think the Bucks, the Bucks defense, even though they didn't play well against the Panthers, they're still a really good defense and that could cause us some problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what are we now? Six We're and six four? and four heading into six the bye. Heading into the bye. Then we play the Raiders at home. I'm gonna say loss. So what when you're talking about Devontae Adams, are you thinking like suspension or what? Suspension from his mm. uh shoving the camera with a, yeah. Well, how many games would he get out for that? I mean, they're talking about like assault charges and stuff against him. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that that's like crazy, but um, I don't know. It, like, 
I don't know how long he can appeal this, I guess. So, like, yeah. so I'm, I'm saying loss, assuming Devontae Adams plays. That's my. That's I'm my assuming point. Devontae Adams is going to play, and I think we'll lose. That's yeah. I think Tariq shuts him down. We're going to win. Dude, we don't follow receivers. We're we're back to the cover three Legion of Boom scheme. Yeah. Okay, so Connor's seven and four. We're six and five, Sam. <laughs> yeah, we're six and five. Okay, at the Rams, I think we win. I think we win. I'm going to call that a loss. All right, so now yeah. we're both at seven and five. Panthers win. win. We're both at eight, eight and five. 49ers. We already lost home. to him. We're going to win at home. I'm going to we'll say loss. I'm going to say loss. All right. So you're eight sitting and, at eight and six. You guys are nine and we're, five. We're nine and five. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Hold on. Yeah. We got no. One, two, three. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're nine and we're five. Nine and There's five. three games left. All right. Chiefs, that's for sure a loss. That's a loss. Nine and six, eight and <laughs> seven. Hey, hey, wait, 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 wait. Loss. <laughs> <laughs> Nine and six, eight and seven. Jets at home. I'm going to say a win. Win. Zach Wilson sucks. So now you're nine and six? I'm nine and seven. Nine and seven? Games. Yeah. What are we at? You guys are... One ahead. Well, what are you, what so are you saying? Are you saying six. win? Yeah. Ten, Jets win, ten and six. Yeah. If the Jets, if the Jets game is a win, we're ten and six. No, because I think it's. Gonna, I think we're going to be ten and seven. I think we lose against the Jets and win against the Rams. I think we lose against the Rams because we've already clinched. Clinched what the division? Yeah, the division. Wow. I think ten and seven. Well, we would have. I don't we wouldn't crazy. have lost to the Cardinals. We've lost once to the 49ers. Yeah, the Forty Nineers would have been a split. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Hmm. I think ten and seven probably wins the division. I think ten and seven. Ten and seven's for sure a wild card. If not like that Rams game at the end for me might be like that Sunday night football game where the winner goes to the playoffs and the losers out type of thing. Oh man, at home, at home, we're gonna get flexed into some primetime games. Yeah, because we 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 have no primetime games essentially. We have a standalone game for the Buccaneers, which isn't a primetime, and then we have a Thursday night against the 49ers later in the season, um, which is another wrinkle. That's a Thursday night game. Um, Well, we were usually play well on sacrificial lamb on Monday night football to open the season, but that didn't work out for you. That was the Super Bowl, yeah. So had really high ratings. Um, There might be another (laughs) Super Bowl. I wonder what other games would get flexed in. Probably the end of the season. I mean, the cheat. I get uh, maybe a 49ers 40 game. Can't because that's a Thursday. The Niners night. game already is. That's uh, a Thursday night game. I could say. I mean, Chiefs at the Rams might be. That could be a big game for both teams. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Chiefs very well could be as well. Fuck, dude, the Jets at home at the end of the season. Yeah, because Jets get... are already five and two. They could be in the Patriots. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, how could crazy! Be, you could be looking at two division winners there. We're we ended at Connor and I were ten and seven, and you're nine and eight. I didn't give a prediction for the last game. I don't know. It'll either be ten and seven or nine and eight. Yeah. How crazy is that? That's that we're talking shit about that now. crazy. I don't know. I just feel that's too high. None of us had like, winning records. Yeah, that I feels feel high, like... but. I don't know. It might be. I mean, we don't the know. The other teams in the NFL are also bad. Like, you look at the Cardinals. I know. Bad. The Rams, I mean, their defense still, their defensive line still scares me. Um, yeah. 
If we play them without DK Metcalf, I don't I don't know. But Matt Stafford's been terrible and their, their offensive, offensive line, line is, is terrible. Bad. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. The Jets. NFC in general is just really bad. You know, it's pretty wide open. Yeah. Jets kind of have a tough schedule. They play the Bills twice still. Yeah. I mean, you got it's not that difficult of a schedule. It's not as difficult as you would have thought it would have been. The only yeah, I mean, you... Two teams that have winning records that are playing each other this weekend are the Giants Seahawks game. It's not the 49ers Rams. It's not the Ravens and the Buccaneers that's that play crazy. on Thursday night football. Grant's Grant's gonna respond re- react to this episode that we all predicted a win against the Giants, and he's gonna be like, You all are crazy. The Giants are the luckiest team in the NFL. They should have lost so many of the games that they played. Obviously, they're gonna they get didn't. Grant mad at you. Yeah, hear that, Grant. That's Justin. Grant, your team is overrated, right? You should have lost to the Jaguars. The Ravens are a better team than you. The Packers, you deserve to win. The Bears, Bears are. They bad. barely beat the Titans, right? Like that was. Uh, they got that too. two point conversion to win against the Titans the first week. You beat the Panthers. Baker Mayfield's been the worst quarterback by far this season. The Panthers are probably the worst team in the NFL. I mean, who knows with PJ Walker now against the Bucks? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the Bucks might. That be was God. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know who that is. It's a new team each week, I guess. But four and three Seahawks. I mean, we'd all take who, it. Who would have thunk? Yep, we'd all take it. How about six all and right. two? That's a better record, though. Six and two is pretty damn good. Six and two is pretty good. I think we all would have taken six and two at, at the beginning of the year. I don't think we would have. I mean, that ASU loss still bothers me. The UCLA one doesn't bother me nearly as much anymore. Um, that ASU loss bothers me. That's the no. one. We're obviously talking about the Huskies but, now. Yes, we are talking about the Huskies. Uh, but I think it, the Huskies always lose a game they shouldn't every year. Well, and we always lose in Tempe. I and, was like, it's, so it's ready. Typically, it's typically on the road, and it's either in Tempe, it's at the Rose Bowl, it's at Stanford, it's at Cal. But it's we just beat Cal Tucson on the road. Too. No, but yeah. it's really Tempe. Yeah. Since 2001. Te- yeah, Tempe's won. bad. And I was like, ready? We've had two curses in Seattle sports that I thought were ready to for sure be ended. The Mariners playoff drought ended 2001 all the way to 2022. The Huskies had not won a game in Tempe since 2001. And I was like, oh. Second string quarterback, third string quarterback, interim head coach. Like, it's for sure going to end wrong. So, that was well, a shocker. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That was a rough one. But, but since then, you know, back to back wins, they've kind of gotten, they've righted the ship. They've gotten back on track a little bit. Uh, a I win know. against, I mean, yeah. Arizona a, a win against, bad. They are bad, but it's two wins. You, I mean, you're, you're winning close games too, which this team hadn't done yet. Yeah, you know, that's true. Right. Um, so they're they're showing a little bit of different ways to win. And the game against Cal, the defense, I mean, I wouldn't say they showed up and Cal's offense is awful, but you know, <laughs> they pitched a shutout in the first half, and that's I don't know if other teams really did that against Cal for the most part. So and you're playing at on the road too. So you gotta give a little bit of credit to the defense coming out with a pretty good game plan against against that Cal, Cal offense. Um, offense looked good against Arizona, not 
great, especially in the first half against Cal, a little bit better in the second half. But I mean, I, more or less, you're talking about basically the same stuff. You know, it's 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 good offense, it's bad defense for the most part, and that leaves us at a six and two record, but a pretty mediocre team, I would say. But I mean, could you have predicted more than that? Like, I mean, you could have predicted it, but could you have like realistically wished for more than that com- coming off of a four and eight se- season, Sam? I mean, no. At the end of the day, you're sitting at six and two. I think the offensive turnaround, the exciting brand of football that we're playing, like, yes, it's very different from traditional defensive first Husky football that we're used to. And we're seeing these, you know, 49 to 39 wins against Arizona, 28, 21, not a great example, low scoring game of the year for us. But like, you're used to seeing these defensive battles and now we're playing this super exciting brand of college football, throwing the ball 50 times a game. And, you know, you'd love to see the defense tighten up a little bit, but coming off of probably the worst offense in college football I've ever watched last year, but probably worst that I can remember. Maybe 2008 could rival it. Maybe. Yeah. Coming off of that shit show, this feels really good. You know, sitting at six and two, I don't. I'm not bummed about it. I, I think before the season, I would have imagined our losses probably would have been different than the ones that happened. But I think we have everything still to play for, which is exciting. And you know, at the end of the day, I think you're seeing this defense start to play a little bit better, mostly because you're seeing some of the the key cogs come back from injuries asa turner has had a huge impact he looks like a totally different player in this defense by great. the way like he looks yeah. very aggressive mm-hmm. much more of a violent he's playing tackler. like tarzan he's yeah i mean credit to him he makes a huge difference i think what you don't see as well is he has a huge plays a huge role in getting everybody lined up before the play mm-hmm. correctly and communication so getting him back, I think, has been a huge lift. I think you're seeing Ulumuale get more reps. Tuli's looking like he's a bit healthier. Tuli's Tuli looks good. Um, so I think Tuli's been to a get... little bit disappointing, but Tuli looks good. Tuli Tele should have just got his pec repaired as a freshman. He like can yeah. bench 225 pounds. You need your lineman benching more than that. He was fine last year. I don't know. It's just kind it, of, but yeah. He flashed more last year, I should say. Yeah, he was like in the right place at the right time, but I think that not taking care of his injury through surgery was a mistake and has hampered his growth pretty significantly. But, you know, sitting at six and two going to the bye week, hopefully we continue to get healthier. Um, the only thing that makes me nervous um, that's top of my mind, and I'm curious to get your thoughts, Justin, on this is like, the Cal game was the first game I felt like our offense was our offense really struggled. Like mm. we, we have sputtered in terms of turning the ball over, but we hadn't sputtered in terms of like to the, up until the Cal game, we were either scoring points or there was a fumble or an interception. Like that was pretty much it. This Justin Wilcox led defense comes out with the classic Wilcox Peterson too high off the TV safeties can't even see them. They're playing so deep. 
-hmm. totally took the deep ball away and forced us to dink and dunk our way down, which for the most part, we chewed up a ton of yards, but we weren't able to convert in the red zone. And that's been our Achilles heel on offense is short yardage red zone plays. Like I worry that other teams are going to see what Cal did and just do that and like force us to play small ball and that can we adjust? What do you expect? Totally. I mean, you look at, you know, our next opponent, not that we're doing a full on game preview, but Oregon state, both teams have a buy before that game, Oregon state, yeah. another six and two team. I think we all anticipate that it's probably going to be a close game. Oh yeah. You know, they have a great coach that's turned around that team. I don't know why highlights are starting. There we go. Oh, are you on ESPN? Yeah, ESPN just starts playing highlights. I'm sure you're doing some research on Oregon State. or Yeah, so I was looking up Oregon stats. State, and they've really shut down some quarterbacks that they played. I mean, obviously, their last two games, they played Colorado. That's not even a real team. Right. And then they played Wazoo, who Cam Ward, you know, this big shite, you know, big shite, big shining star. Maybe that was intentional. He is kind <laughs> of a big shite. Big shite. <laughs> big shining star, right? And they hold the wazoo to 10 points, you know, a ton of passing, but he completed like 50% of his passes about, I think a little less than. Yeah. And so I think they're going to look at that Cal game plan and try to do exactly that. Now, what I will say is that I have a lot more faith in our offensive coaches than I have in years past to adjust and mm-hmm. scheme. And especially with this buy to scheme against some of the things that Cal did and have a plan to have some shorter Shorter throws and intermediate throws to counteract the too high safety. If we can play the right running back to complement. No that kidding. That's been driving me nuts. As well, yeah. then that would be great. And I'll let Connor speak to that. Uh, and say, <laughs> I know you have thoughts, but I think I that's think we, all been driving us crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I think Connor and I are on the same wavelength here. So take it away. Cam Davis and Richard Newton should be your one and two. And Wayne Talapapa shouldn't see the field maybe Sam Adams gets a snap or two or something like that on some, uh, on some, like, you know, him going out on a route. Obvious type, passing down type things. Yeah. But um, if you're running the ball, it's Cam Davis and Richard Newton. I'm sorry that you, those are your two best backs. Wayne Talapapa's ass, dude. He can't make a man miss. He drops the ball. Hey, he made maybe, one good maybe, catch this season, right? Maybe he's, it your, was a yeah, really whatever. good catch. I don't yeah. know how. He also just dropped what I four, know now. four passes in the in the first half last week and then didn't play. So, uh, yeah, to um, me, the thing that's been most frustrating is like, and again, we're nitpicking. I love the the offensive staff yeah. that we have, but we have not. We're eight games into the season, and there hasn't been a single moment in a single game where I felt like, oh, that running back is in a rhythm, like, and continue like. Every single drive at somebody else that we have not allowed our running backs, any of them, an opportunity to get into into a rhythm. Maybe Talapapa yeah. a little bit has had back to back series, but just like, yeah, driving me crazy. Like, try to find a hot hand and just stick with it for a little bit. Well, it's yeah. interesting that you mentioned the running backs and how we've talked about this. Like, that's a position that those coaches came in and like this this group is absolute shit. Is what they said essentially yep. brought in a few uh, they transfers. brought in their transfers which by the way you know besides the Penix one i think we all agree have been a little underwhelming transfers the have most been bad. Yeah. but 
you know, it's funny that they came and shot on this whole position group and the two that, you know, we're all agreement that should see the field are Cam Davis and big D Newton, you know, and these are I will from the say, previous regime. So it is ironic, but to their credit, neither Cam Davis nor Richard Newton were available in the spring. So the coaches, they weren't fair. part of that group that they were talking about, but the way that they said it led you to believe that they had at least watched film and like came to the conclusion that Davis and Newton weren't it. Right. Yeah. Which I mean, I don't, maybe they aren't, but like, they're definitely the best two backs that you have. Right. I don't think we have an it running back on this offense. I feel like if you let, if you really invested in Cam Davis, I think you probably could, could find one in him. Maybe, maybe, maybe Jamie on Sunday. I, I, Oh, yeah. you fuck you. <laughs> you want to do that right now? Is that what we're doing? I mean, you talked Listen, about right the, the coaches, hot hand. If the coaches knew what was good oh, for them, they'd be playing Javion. <laughs> you might be right. I don't know. He's probably the best I for sure runner. I'm right. Dude, I'm telling you, I'm right. Dude, you just wait until Javion transfers somewhere else and he's a goddamn yeah, Heisman candidate. I, I'm saying if, if it happens, it's going to be somewhere else. I almost guarantee it. And I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Uh, You talked about, like, the riding the hot hand. Richard Newton's the guy that probably, like, can ride the most momentum, you know? Like, he tends to feed off of that the most. Um, But he just can't stay healthy, you know? Like, he's had huge health issues in the past, and I think they're trying to tamper his workload. So I understand that one a bit, but you need to make Cam Davis the lead back and then sprinkle in Richard Newton in situations that you need a little bit more physicality. Um, that's, that's just the way that I see it. Um, I want to kind of answer your question that Justin addressed as well too, Sam with, you know, are we worried about this offense going forward? Is, does, did Cal expose something and Justin Wilcox, Wilcox exposed something with the two high safeties? I think they did adjust to it even in the second half. You know, like I think you saw them yeah. get have a little bit more success. And I think the biggest issue with the first half was the penalties, you know, and they have a couple more penalties at the end that make the game a lot closer than it should have been, too. I mean, right. Husky should have been off the field on fourth down or intercepted the, the ball to play before that or whatever, too. Like, I mean, there were a few plays that Cal, Cal was holding on to like by a thread and then yeah. a penalty went their way. And that's what made the game a one-score game at the end. We were ahead by 14 pretty late in the fourth quarter there until uh, until Pac-12 after darkness happened <laughs> again with the refs, the ref show. Um, you mentioned injuries and the defense getting a little bit healthier. Before I bring up Eddie, Perryman has been shit. And we think that he's injured but we talked about the transfers being shit. Like he's been probably the shittiest of the shit. Um, he's been bad and he's a liability out there. Everyone is saying that he's injured and that he's playing through an injury and trying to like make him admirable that way. No, he's a liability out there. If, if he is that injured, play a young guy. Cause he's only here for one year anyway. Like this is how, that's how I feel about it. At least, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, go with the growing pains of a Devon Banks or, you know, uh, Javion Green. Javion Green. Yeah, he was listed as a starter this last week, and he he didn't even see the field. I don't think. I don't even remember him. He played a him little bit. I saw him out there a little bit, but he was not listed as a, a starter. And yeah, yeah. Um, 
Mish Powell was not good to have back. Like again, he's not your greatest coverage corner, but his tackling on the exterior yeah. was a huge boost, I think, to this defense as well. But the big guy in the middle, Eddie Lafuccio, it'll be really nice to have a linebacker opposite of Tupatala because Cam Bright ain't it. Right. Chris Mall, like, shown a couple little flashes, but not really it. Um, I think Carson Bruners looked okay, but they don't play him. Um, mm-hmm. But Eddie's the guy, you know, he's a dude. Have we so. have we heard any updates on him? Like I know early in the season they kept asking DeBoer and no. he's like, you know, it's yeah, maybe I mean, late I've, season. I just on the dogman boards, like people are just I think they're just assuming or like or or predicting that he's on his way back, you know, kind of after the bye here shortly. Um he's probably got the Oregon game circled, I'm sure, but It'd be great to get him in sooner rather than later. I think we're going to need him against Oregon State too. If if we just can makes get him me back. nervous that we haven't heard anything about it, and like this coaching Forget- staff has been so open about everything. Like if Eddie well, was, I, that I think close he, I think he back. did start practicing a little bit, like very limited, like okay. last week. So, but I yeah, mean, that'd, that'd be a huge, huge lift to the defense yeah. if he can be. 85% of what he was. Yeah, I mean, it's for sure better than whatever you're putting, strolling out there with Cam Cam Bright. I mean, God. Yeah. Who's more disappointing, Perryman or Bright? Like Perryman. Has to be Perryman, right? I mean, he's just so bad. Bright, I mean, was, I mean, Bright was like an ACC all-conference player, though, like at Pittsburgh, too. I mean, I don't know, man. I had pretty high expectations for both, I think. I feel like Perryman gets beat once a game for like a long touchdown. Not once. I mean, <laughs> at least, sorry, at least yeah. once a game. Yeah. Yeah. For he me, gets roasted too. It's not just like beat. Like it's like quicksand. He's just falling down. Yeah. For me, Perryman, I mean, people were starting to say like, oh, if he has a good season, like he has the measurables and stuff to be a day one day two draft pick so like you're thinking that he's not going to have a ton of drop off from someone like gordon and mcduffie is what we were kind of starting to be you know led to believe and so i feel Mm -hmm. like that was just overselling under delivering which isn't his fault he wasn't the one saying that whereas cam bright you know captain from Pitt, very productive but kind of a positionless player you know, he's, That's true. he was kind of in that tweener between safety and linebacker. And then he shows up here and he looks a lot heavier and a lot slower than he ever did at Pitt. Yeah. So I don't know if he's like tried to use this as an opportunity to bulk up and like show, put some tape on the NFL that like I can be an everyday linebacker. Well, he can. But he looks big and slow and it's not yeah. working. And so like at least coming in, I didn't have, I didn't know what to expect from him, I guess is what I'm saying. I guess so we that's had this true. debate between like, is he a husky? Is he a linebacker? At the end, we don't really know how he fits. Not very well. Whereas Perryman's <laughs> like, I'm coming in like this guy's gonna be our number one lockdown cover guy, and he's been right. awful, really bad, really really bad. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's and it's gonna be an it's gonna be an issue all all the rest of the season, obviously. Um, but hopefully the bye week gets some of these guys a little bit healthier. Big game against Oregon State on Friday night. Um, not this coming Friday, but Friday the 
what's the first for the fourth yeah of november yep yep um i've said it all year i think it's gonna be a really tough game you know um and yeah that like justin said we're not gonna do a full preview or anything here but i got it's a toss-up game i think i think um they're for sure it if you win that's the best team you beat for sure like without a doubt um yeah it's probably the it's probably the second best team you're, you've played so far this year yeah mm-hmm. so and then you follow think... that up with at oregon <laughs> so, yeah so things are looking tough you know the next couple couple games you got oregon state at home at oregon colorado at home at wazoo mm-hmm. i think we're gonna go three and one or two and two I think we will yeah. for sure lose against Oregon. As much as Oregon's going to be rough to or say it, I'm Oregon's trying to have a non-homer moment for at least five seconds on this podcast. In at least until entirety. we get to Oregon week, right? And then once, I'm going to get to Oregon week. <laughs> yeah. But right yeah. now, if I'm looking at it, this this upcoming game against the Beavers is going to be the deciding game whether or not we end nine and three or eight and four. Because I think we will beat, we'll win the last two games of the season. I think we'll beat Wazoo and I think we'll beat Colorado. Yeah, Justin, do you feel similarly? If we don't win if we don't win against Colorado, then we might have to reevaluate the whole coaching staff. Um, that'd be pretty bad. That'd be way I think there, ASU. <laughs> I think there's a chance we go one and three. There's a chance. Yeah, I'd say two and two feels right to me. Two and two feels most likely if I had a bet. So you yeah. think we lose the next two? Like you think that's Maybe. the most likely? Maybe. I don't see I don't think that we're yeah. gonna we're definitely not gonna lose to Colorado. And I think who am I most wazoo of? on a Saturday, you know? Not worried. <laughs> we can score the football. They actually better, have a defense better this year, than though. they can. We, yeah. we have a much better offense than them, for sure. Yes. That's not, not debatable. Yeah, I mean, Oregon State's going to be really – I think that's a toss-up, like, last that's drive the game. game. Yeah. 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 But what's – I mean, how's their backup quarterback? I mean, is Nolan going to be healthy? Does that matter? Is it, I think it's is still it, Tristan Gebbia. Still there? Yeah, yeah. Jebbia. I guess she was their matter? starter before Nolan, so – Jebbia is good if he's – you know, I'm sure he's still working. I mean, he, like, I mean, he has Oregon starter experience. His leg off. I mean, did Jebbia play the last couple of games? He didn't, right? Someone else? I don't think so. I'm not sure, though. Don't know. Well, let's look at ESPN and play some highlights. <laughs> it's blasting in my ear. I hate ago. that it does that. It, it wasn't right away either. It waited like a few minutes and then went. Poof. Yeah. Well, the ad, the ad will be silent. And then once the video starts playing, the sound kicks in driving me crazy Goldbrinson. Yeah, so, yeah so he played against colorado and wazoo yeah i guess tristan must and not stanford. be healthy and stanford yeah tristan yeah. jebia must not be healthy yet i mean oregon basically ripped his leg out of its out of his off his body so 
Yeah. So I don't know if that matter. I would have to do a deeper dive because I haven't scouted Oregon state in depth yet, but I don't know if it's a backup quarterback and has underwhelming stats. Maybe that. Pales yeah. Well I mean, us. I think I mean, their defense not good. is legit. 61% completion percentage, five touchdowns, three interceptions. Hmm. That ain't it. It's better than it's better than honestly Nolan was though. Nolan was turning the ball over like crazy. Well, he did a lot against what USC, right? Yeah, yeah. he turned it over like five Four times, times or something five like times, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. Fifty nine percent, seven touchdowns, eight interceptions. Mm. That's not it either. So I, I, I mean, I don't think that's where they're impressive. You know, right? Like, of course, yeah. I, I think they're just they're. They're well coached. Their defense is pretty legit. Um, they have a good secondary, so that'll be an interesting test for. They probably have the best secondary that we've played so far. Because I don't think UCLA was yeah. the right home about. So yeah, I mean, Jadon Grant, Rajon Wright, or Alex Austin. I mean, they've got. If I'm looking at this, and I, again, like I have not watched a ton of Oregon State, but I know Jadon Grant is a Sunday player. Omar Spates is a Sunday player at linebacker. Alex yep. Austin plays on Sundays. Rajon Wright plays on Sundays. Yeah. That's that's the strength of their team. And they have a good rushing attack too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This Damian Martinez guy is like basically every game that I'm looking up, he's got over a hundred yards. Um he's averaging like six plus, seven plus yards a carry. So it's gonna start there. If we can shut down their running game, you know, I think which if there's been anything about the 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 husky defense that's been okay this year it's been their run defense you know that's that's been all right yeah so um but it's shocking I mean, again well it's based on last year they don't have safeties 20 30 yards off the ball they're for the most part yeah. low than the box too which leaves them susceptible outside so I don't know. Jonathan, Jonathan Smith's a good coach. I'm sure they'll have a pretty good game plan against our defense too. Um, I don't know. I think that's a toss-up game. I think. I think if I were to predict everything, I think we. I think we go three and one. I think we win a nail biter against Oregon State. We get stomped by Oregon, and then we win probably by not as much as we should against Colorado, but we win against Colorado. And then the Wazoo, I think the Apple Cup ends up being kind of a nail biter too, but we win. Which I would take nine and yep. three. I like it. Nine and I mean, three. That's or what you predicted. That's what you predicted. Okay either way. That's yeah. where I'm at. You guys that's both exactly predicted nine and three. You know, me being pessimistic, I predicted eight and four. You know, it's where right where we should be. I think yeah. it's 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 in that region though. And you know, the thing that we haven't brought up is we're going bowling. We haven't been bowling. That's since true. Twenty nineteen. Yeah. That's a shocker. I didn't even stop to think about that. Yeah, I mean, I guess yep. 2020 didn't have it, right? But Yep. Right. Yeah. The old yeah. COVID so, bug. Yeah. We had a uh, last time we were in a bowl, it was Jacob Eason tearing up Boise State in Las Vegas. So we mm. go to the Vegas Bowl this year. It's a bigger bowl against an SEC team. Yeah. That's honestly kind of my preferred destination at this point. Bring on them Southern boys. Yeah. A lot of there's like early mock, you know, like there are everything, but mock uh, bowl games of us against either LSU or Mississippi State, which I think either of those games would be really fun. Mike Leach again. Yeah. 
I think oh, this would I be would fun. love to face the pirate. That Geronimo. Be, that would, I, that'd be fun. I mean, a different coaching staff now, but some of the players would be pretty familiar with how he schemes. So some of the yeah. other ones. All right. Um, well, we probably don't have time for the Mariners stuff, but just uh, if let's just part with like one thing, I guess, as 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 it comes to the, the Mariners. Obviously a very disappointing series against the Astros um to to end the end the end the season. What how would you evaluate this season on a scale of one to ten? Justin, I want to start with you. Like 10 being like as successful as it could have been, like like you couldn't have predicted a better season. One being obviously like the most disappointing season ever. I think it's gotta be around an eight. I think it's, it's a pretty good yeah, I and mean, it's a pretty good season, right? I mean, haven't been in the playoffs in twenty yeah, what, twenty-one years, whatever it is. Um, you have a young superstar tied up into a contract to the rest of time, essentially. <laughs> All the time. Uh, you have Basically. a few other people. You have your ace signed for a multi-year contract as well. An you ace know, that you didn't have at the beginning of the year. <laughs> an ace you didn't have at the beginning of the year. You wish yeah. Robbie Ray was better, but you know, right. neither here nor there. Um, you may you won a playoff series in epic mm-hmm. fashion against the Blue Jays. The Astros series was a sweep and a disappointment, but damn, those games were crazy. I mean, if you yeah, analyze yeah. every game, I mean, absolute Robbie. And they we were Rob- in every game. We got Robbie Raid the first game. Second game was close. And then the third was freaking 18 innings. Zero, yeah. zero. <laughs> right. Yeah. Obviously, the bullpen has been a strength. We need to continue that, add the aces, find some batting, but, you know, find some batters really that can hit. Huh. Yeah, that's what they're supposed to do. Um, no, an eight <laughs> for sure, an eight. All right, Sam. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna just spruce it up a little bit and go for an eight and a half. Mm. So here's here's Whoa. my thought process. A ten is World Series. Yeah. Nine nine is the equivalent of you know the best the best season in franchise history. Anything short of a World Series, which for the Mariners is an ALCS berth, sure. which we fell just short of. But this is without an a without a doubt the best Mariners season we the the franchise has ever seen that fell short of an ALCS. I mean, mm-hmm. to all the points Justin talked about, you have the you've defined this great young nucleus that's locked up till 2027 at least. And then that Houston series and you look at how, what Houston did to New York and it just makes you feel better right. as a Mariners fan that like, honestly, we're, we're three pitches away from sweeping the Astros. Yeah. It came down to the last pitch basically in every game. Yeah. And unfortunately two of those last pitches went to Jordan <laughs> and yeah, and that was that. But my takeaway is that Houston's really damn good. And we they played are. them super well and really tight. And like they had a really work to beat us. So, you know, first playoffs in 21 years, it's like everything you could imagine. You have a budding new star. So definitely an 8.5 season for me. Yeah. I mean, I, 
can't. Really. And you better not say nine. <laughs> no, I it's it's not a nine. Um, but it's damn it's a damn good season and it's a successful season. Like this is this season is is a success because oh, you ended yeah. drought. You got back to the playoffs. You won a playoff series. You butted heads with the best team in baseball. Um and fought tooth and nail for a win. He didn't get a win. You got a home playoff game though, which was awesome as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Seattle really showed out for that. I mean, I'm excited. Technically, for... technically, you kind of got two, two for the price of one. Sure. Eighteen innings. Eighteen innings. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> technically, yes. Keep up with me, Connor. Come on. <laughs> Sorry, I look. You know what position I'm in right now, okay? <laughs> I know, I know. That 10 p.m. in fatherhood means I'm I'm usually a, a, I've been asleep for an hour and a half right now, um, <laughs> but it it was a it was an awesome year, and I I can't be it as bitter as it was at the end, and like I mean you'll kill yourself thinking about like man if we just win that first game against the Astros like what could have happened in that series you know and you can always and then think that. what could have happened against the Yankees yep yeah yeah exactly I mean that but these are all what ifs and you know, like this is sports and this is baseball especially baseball it's really hard to like win like the Astros have won, <laughs> you know, they're really, really good. And they've been to the six straight ALCSs or something like that. Um, So, I mean, that's, that's, that's the stuff that you, you want to see from the Mariners in future years. And I think there's, there's a chance that it could happen with, with this young nucleus and um, you need, you need to sprinkle them some, some offensive potential here this off season. This is a huge off season for this organization. Um, you know, it's it, the, the, the window is now, you know, the, you could argue going into this year that the window was like starting to open, but not quite there yet. It's, it's open. It's fully open now. Oh, um, yeah. so this, this front office and, and the owners need to spend money this off season to show that they want to win. And, and, you know, cause this, this fan base deserves it and the players in the nucleus of this team deserve it as well. Um, because they're that good. So I'm hoping they attack it aggressively. I'm not saying that you need Aaron judge or anything like that, but I, I think that there's, there's some star talent there in free agency and there's probably some under some unheralded, unheralded guys that you could sign as well to more reasonable deals that could really help out this team next year so interested to see how the december meetings go as we approach that time i'm sure we'll discuss it on the podcast um but until then we got obviously a ton of football to talk about uh twice as much as we thought we were going to talk about because seahawks are actually a decent football team it looks (laughs) like um and hey the kraken have a have a winning record i think for the first time in franchise history basically so Um, they just won the against the Sabres tonight and, you know, let's see if they can, they need a winning streak. That's the thing that they're missing. They need a winning streak. So we'll see what happens there. Anything else that you guys want to touch on tonight, guys? Anything that I missed? World cup less than a month away, boys. USC. Yes, it is. That is sneaking up. We're quite November, the group. Wales. November 11th. Uh, 21st is the first US. 21st. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But Wales. England on Black Friday, and then Iran, which is you know crazy political ramifications there. So it's yeah. it's quite the group. 
Do they fire Burhalter between now and the start of the World Cup? I'm kidding. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. But no, it's going to be a great World Cup. I mean, it's during Thanksgiving week, essentially, is all the group so stage games. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever, it's never been this time of year, has it? No. Always, it's always been July. the summer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting. That'll, that's going to be kind of wild. To we should all have more time off during that time, you know, to watch some of these games. Theory, the holidays and stuff. So that should be fun. All right. Well, thanks for listening, folks. As always, we appreciate the support. Subscribe and follow if you haven't already, and leave us the message. Leave us a message via the anchor link in our description. Until next time, go Hawks, go M's, and go Dogs, and go Phillies. Fuck the Astros. <laughs>